Okay, welcome to this episode of MatchCast. Today, we are honored to have on the pod one of the co-founders of Unbounce, Oli Gardner. Most of our listeners should know that Unbounce is MatchNode's landing page platform of choice. We just got back from their call to action conference in Vancouver, where we actually had a chance to speak and had a great time. But happy to have you on the pod today. Welcome, Ali. Happy Canada Day. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Cool. Well, most of our listeners, as I said, should be familiar with Unbounce, but can you give the, a brief overview for anyone who hasn't heard of Unbounce? Sure. Uh, it's a landing page platform. Basically, the goal of it is to empower marketers to be able to do their own work without relying on technical people like developers or, or IT. So you can build, publish, and A-B test landing pages without the help of IT or technical people. It's loaded with templates. They're all mobile responsive. Uh, it's really easy, drag and drop. You know, you can put a page together in minutes and get it published with one click without you know, dealing with anyone technical. So it's a, it's a really good way to you know, let marketers go about their own business. It is pretty fantastic not having to wait on dev all the time to get things published very, very quickly and test out different things. One of the things that Unbounce really allows people to do is speeds up their innovation. And we've actually been really impressed with the speed of innovation within Unbounce. Over about a year ago, Unbounce wasn't even mobile responsive, and now I'd say it's basically a mobile-first type of platform. Can you talk a little bit about the culture and the speed of innovation that is happening in Unbounce? Yeah, uh, I think in general, stepping back a bit, the industry is in a pretty vulnerable place right now. I mean, I've commented before that the SaaS business model is kind of mature, so it's in a place where companies can get off the ground really quickly by following this basic kind of formula. And I think what's going to define the next few years will be some kind of innovation spike where someone does something dramatically different. That's where we're at. This is something we're constantly focused on. You know, innovation is really hard. There's no recipe for it, only facility and desire. And by facility, I mean being able to actually do it. You know, are you empowering your, your employees to think about innovation? And I'm really excited about the next year because... We're going to be doing some pretty incredible things that aren't being done right now. Awesome. As far as getting back to mobile a little bit, how many of your pages right now are you guys seeing just as a percentage-wise are going mobile first? I'm not too sure of the numbers. It's funny, though. Too many people, I would say, are still not doing it or doing it right. I was talking with Will Reynolds from Sear at a gig. We were speaking at Minneapolis last week. And I don't know all the details from him yet, but he's working with a client they've had for a long time, and they'd never done anything with mobile. So he just built a bunch of mobile landing pages on Unbounce really quickly based on the, the existing pages they had. And they've been having incredible results with PPC just by the fact that they've got this customized experience that's a lot easier to use and a lot more delightful. So it's sure it's a simple opportunity, but not a lot of people, well, not enough people are embracing it. If that's the case, they really need to get on board. I assume you guys saw conversion rates just jump across the board once you guys went responsive. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting, though, is that in the responsive debate, you know, it's crazy popular, it's necessary. Everybody, you know, we had to build it because it was the number one thing our customers were screaming for. We were one of them. <laughs> if you look at the debate now, though, it's going backwards. Uh, it's going back to, you know, a lot of places are going back to an M dot, like a, a mobile specific experience or adaptive design instead of responsive, which is a little bit different. The reason is that when you have responsive and you change the size of the device, it makes decisions for you. It kind of wraps everything down and gives you an interpretation of the current page, which isn't always good enough, which is why we built it differently in Unbounce. We made it 
you know, instead of being responsive, it's mobile responsive. The, uh, the difference being when you're in the page builder, you can hide or show any of the elements in the mobile experience. So you can have a full thing for desktop, but then you can move things around, customize and hide some elements for, for the mobile experience, which is great because sometimes you need less information or you need it in a different order uh, than it is in desktop. So that's kind of why we innovated a bit there in the way we built that feature. Continuing along the lines of uh, innovation, what are some of the things that you guys are working on and betas that customers can hope to see in the next year? A couple things, but right now we are working on something we're calling embeddable CTAs. That's what we're in the middle of right now. Uh, I can't talk an awful lot about it, but just imagine a call to action anywhere in your web properties. Something that you can embed or different interaction modes that can happen on your not just on your landing pages anymore, on any of your web properties, your website, anywhere else. And these CTAs are built with you know, the powerful Unbounce Builder and with testing built in. So it's not just testing a page that you would do, like say with you know, testing tools like Optimizely. It's testing a very specific little part of it without touching the rest. It's going to be really interesting, I think. And then uh, the even more exciting is when our machine learning is going to kick in. All right, well, let's dive into that. Your keynote at CTA was all about machine learning. You know, it's a huge buzzword. You know, we see it in commercials. Mm -hmm. You know, to a lot of people, it seems like a IBM catchphrase, really, than something that means something to them. And I thought your keynote did a really great job of breaking down what it means to marketers and what it will eventually mean to lots of different small businesses and really framing some specific use cases that made sense to a lot of people. So can you kind of summarize that just a little bit? Yeah, it's what I was trying to communicate at CTA was drawing a connection between what's possible now, which are the conversion equations that I was talking about, and what will be possible in the very near future. So we're, we're working on, you know, Tommy, our data scientist, is, is working on models and al algorithms to try and automate conversion optimization. And when I say automate, like don't be scared of like robots taking over. This is more them just analyzing hundreds of thousands of landing pages uh, and your website in the future and figuring out which factors actually are predictive of conversion. We'll find that some things aren't. Like something I, I think I touched on was the number of form fields on a form impacts conversion rate. Not always, but it can. It's kind of obvious, but it's not predictive of conversion rate. You can't specifically say that if you go from four fields to two, it will make have this difference. It's going to be different for every instance. But then when you connect that to other things on the page, so sentiment analysis we're working on and just on-page copy, then it actually does become predictive and we're able to you know, start seeing what actually does have an impact. You know, it's going to be a little piece of this mixed with a little piece of that kind of stuff that we would never figure out by ourselves. It, and that's what's going to be beautiful about it. And, and even more amazing is the fact we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what it's going to tell us. I mean, right now, Tommy has his model to the point where, and it's getting better every day, with 80% certainty, he can look at a landing page, his model, and know whether it's good or bad in terms of like the 50th percentile. Like, compared to all the other pages, is it, in, is it good or is it bad? And then with the sentiment analysis, see that ooh, if we add a little bit more 
discussed, <laughs> it's 8% more likely to swing further to the good side. Now, that could be because maybe this is a bug-killing service you have, or whether if you have marketing software, perhaps you need a little more happiness or whatever the different sentiments are. And it's incredible. And also the words. We were looking at an Uberflip landing page. And interestingly, like some of the sentiment stuff was quite obvious, like a bit more joy, less sadness are, are good things. But the word marketing actually was having a negative impact. Scary marketing. Right. You'd never think that. Um, you know, but there's lots of things combined. But what's really cool, it's all really cool. But then looking at some pages and we're like, okay, where is this word appearing that seems to be having a, a positive impact? And we looked down the page and it was in a pricing grid which is just incredible. If you can start seeing things that can help or hinder areas of a page like that, the potential is kind of you know, limitless. Is there a time frame that you guys are looking to start to bring some of these elements to life? Mm, that's really hard to say. We are about to form a little squad to deal specifically with this. So it's, it's going to be a matter of, you know, as we keep adding more pieces into this, more algorithms, more uh, models, we're going to uncover things, but we don't really know what they're going to be yet. You know, we, we start with something, so we're going to be doing visual analysis of a page. We don't know what that's going to uncover. Now, interestingly, I was talking with Carl Schmidt, our CTO, because he's going to be involved in this, so is Tommy, so am I, and some other people. And they were talking about this visual analysis of a page, and Carl was asking, like I was, oh, well, what if we can see if this has an impact, like say a smiling face or whatever, if we can recognize that. But then Tommy's like, yeah, no, we don't need to look at it from that perspective. The analysis itself will just tell us what's good and bad. And we're like, what? <laughs> how, how can it do that without us telling it something? So we don't know where it's going to lead us. And the reason I'll be involved is so I can bring the marketing perspective that we can butt up, kind of put it up against the, the learnings we're getting so we know where to steer it as soon as we start getting some insights. Awesome. Well, zooming out a little bit and talking about these larger trends, what are some of the other larger trends you're seeing in conversion these days? Every year, there are uh, new interaction design trends that come to the marketing world. People are probably familiar with things like welcome mats that I think were initially started by SumoMe. That's where you arrive on a, on a homepage or a webpage and either immediately, like without seeing any transition, or it will kind of flip down, uh, you'll have a full screen interstitial CTA, which is saying, hey, would you like to blah, blah, blah? And you have to bypass that, sometimes by scrolling or closing it, to actually get where you were going. And these things, used irresponsibly, can be very damaging. It's our job as thought leaders in, this, in the tool space and as speakers and, and what have you, it's to guide people to use these things responsibly so they can be delightful. But these things come around every year. So last year or the year before, you know, you've got parallax, you've got ghost buttons, scroll jacking, which is the worst thing on, on the internet. It's where you try and scroll and it runs away from you. It, it tries to do it for you. It, some, sure. some idiot thought they could re redesign 20 years of browser interaction and it's just a train wreck. Video backgrounds. So we built a lot of these into unbounce of video backgrounds, parallax, uh, but we did it again. We always try and do these things differently. When you see parallax, that's when two things are kind of moving as you scroll against each other. And it can look okay, but it's also a little disturbing. So we built it with kind of like a, a one-way scroll. So as you move past the page section, the background will go through it in the background. It looks amazing. It's not 
disturbing because it's not this two-way jiggly kind of confusing thing. So again, we're trying to be responsible with our implementation of the things that people are asking for. One of the things we learned from Unbounce that uh, we actually stole from you guys is actually using Unbounce a little bit in our hiring process. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of actually different ways you can use Unbounce other than actually just as a landing page. And we use it in a lot of different ways at MatchNode. But can you guys talk about how you guys actually use your platform for hiring? Yeah, since day one, I think it was Carter Gilchrist, he's our chief product officer, it was his idea. Basically, if you send us your resume, CV, we'll delete it without looking at it. If you give it to us in person, we'll tear it in half. (laughs) <laughs> I think I'm the only person that's done that one. <laughs> what was the look on their face? <laughs> well, I, it actually wasn't. It, it was, he came into our office. Uh, we had a little chat. He gave it to me. He left, and then I turned to the team and tore it in half. So I didn't actually do it in front of his face. Uh, that would have been really mean. That would have been pretty harsh. Um, he actually later on did figure out the proper method of applying, which is to open a free Unbounce account and build a landing page to tell us why you want to work for us and why we should hire you. And the creativity that goes into this is incredible. And, and more importantly, actually, all the people who aren't really concerned with working for you don't apply, right? It's, it, it's a great filter. Yeah, it self-selects the people who really care and are passionate about working for you. And the pages they create are phenomenal. They're, the, it really lets people shine more than, you know, like a LinkedIn profile or something like just dry and horribly boring so it's worked fantastically well for us i think one of the really cool parts is 95 percent of people maybe they've heard of unbounce but they certainly haven't used unbounce before and it speaks to the platform's ease of use and how far someone wants to dive in deep into uh, learning some basic designs and learning some you know just real basic things within the platform but they can really bring something pretty complex to life very, very quickly. Yeah, and actually uh, another benefit of going through this process is that these applicants have touched our product. They've come in there, they're able to start falling in love with it or hating it, which, whichever way, and they go, oh, this is the kind of thing I'll be, I'll be working on or supporting, wh- whichever thing it is. And our customer success team will be talking to them as part of the onboarding process as a, you know, as a customer. So they really get a sense of how our culture and our company and our product works. So uh, th- that also takes away some of the work we need to do if we hire them. Awesome. All right. Well, a couple more uh, quick takeaways. What is one underrated thing that marketers can do to their landing pages to help conversion right now? (laughs) Just tell people what you do. (laughs) This frustrates me to no end. Well, that fits my next question too. What's your biggest pet peeve on a landing page? (laughs) Yeah, just not stating what you actually do. Uh, I'm a big observer of design problems in the real world. And things, you know, they frustrate the crap out of me when they don't work correctly, especially when the answer is like staring you in the face and really obvious. And when companies can't even get the simplest interaction correct, telling someone what you do, I want to throw physical objects at their websites. <laughs> Ideally without smashing my monitor, but it's crazy how many headlines don't explain what the company does. They're just some clever reference to an internal joke or they're just trying to be, you know, smart. A lot of adjectives. Yeah, like hyperbolic statements. You know, people copy Grey Goose Vodka. And the, the example I showed at CTA Conf, you know, they, they basically just wrote marketing software 15 times on the page. You're like, well, what kind of marketing software is this? You know, so that drives me crazy. Well, uh, wonderful having you on the pod today. Anything else you want to plug? Ah, yeah, CTA Conf next year. <laughs> That's a little ways away. But I think if you go to the website right now, ctaconf.com, we have 
the lowest price for tickets you're ever going to see. Uh, it's a thousand dollar ticket normally, and right now you can get two tickets for six hundred bucks, so three hundred dollars Canadian for a ticket, which is like five bucks U.S. <laughs> and it's going to be amazing next year. The, the, the speakers we're going to line up will be, you know, even better than this year, which is going to be hard to beat. Actually, just a little nugget of information for people: our average speaker rating was four point four three out of five. That is unheard of. I speak everywhere, and I know how this works, and that smashed everything I've ever seen at other conferences or ours in the past. So it, it's you got to come. <laughs> well, and our listeners can also check out last year's speakers, in, including me myself, uh, on the uh, CTA Conf website. Uh, but again, once again, Ali, thanks again for being on today, and uh, we'll talk soon. Excellent. It was my pleasure. 